0: And we're back! And not in a creepy just took an axe to a door kind of way. Oh, you're not old enough to get that reference, and certainly not old enough to watch the film I'm referring to, either. Look, it's great to be back and thank Jason for manning the shed whilst we were indisposed. Yeah, we think UKGE, amongst other things, certainly took its toll both physically and mentally for the both of us. But we're back, re-energised, reinvigorated, and other re-words I can't think of. Nope. Certainly not that. You're just making stuff up now. Anyway, right chap, news. You remember what you're doing? Yep, you're right. Big button, hit it. Right, I've just checked it's certainly not april so we've had a mix of franchises and expansions for Simon and guillotine games behemoth that is zombicide i mean ghostbusters teenage mutant hero turtles and even delving into marvel territory with marvel zombicide which is why this is so confusing as the latest ip to be shoehorned into the zombicide franchise is none other than wait for it monty python's flying circus I kid you not, it's Monty Python's Flying Circus. Based on the beloved comedy sketch television show, Monty Python's Flying Circus, a rather silly expansion, is the upcoming game expansion for co-op zombie fighting board game Side 2nd Edition. Featuring a set of brand new characters inspired by sketches from the classic English comedy troupe, as well as a collection of equipment and an entirely new mission. A rather silly expansion features a group of six playable characters, each one based on a different character played by a member of the Monty Python troupe. Arthur Nudges Inspired by the character played by Eric Idle in the Nudge Nudge Wink Wink sketch, obsession with innuendos translates into an ability that allows him to give other characters a free action on his turn. The fish slapper, played by John Cleese in the fish slapping dance sketch, brandishes his enormous fish against nearby zombies whenever he receives friendly fire. The lumberjack, originally portrayed by Michael Palin in the lumberjack song sketch, can sing to other players to enable them to perform the same action as he does. Terry Jones, Arthur Ewing character, found in the musical Mice sketch, can command his musical Mice to assist his fellow survivors in killing zombies. The Colonel, a character played by Graham Chapman in multiple sketches, can employ his disdain for silliness to force approaching zombies to stop. Finally, Terry Gilliam's raw, chicken-wielding knight can motivate his fellow survivors by whacking them over the head with said chicken. The new playable characters aren't the only things to grace the expansion, as there are new enemies to fight in the co-op board game, also based on characters from the show. The Silly Walkers, made famous by the Ministry of Silly Walks sketches, move unpredictably thanks to their preference for walking a bit silly. Meanwhile, the Spanish Inquisition, known for their appearance in various sketches in the show, will spawn unexpectedly thanks to their unexpected nature. But once you've paved the way through all those enemies, you'll be facing the new abominations for the players to challenge, each based on characters from various notable Monty Python sketches. Starting with the Hell's Grannies, you also get the unexpected deadly undead parrot to the flish slapping dancer, nude organist and the iconic giant foot. The release date for the Monty Python's Flying Circus, a rather silly expansion, is set for April 2024, with the title being available at retail for a price of £40. Well, James and Jason brought you their thoughts on Steam Up a few weeks ago, and it looks like Sushi Go publisher GameRite Games want to up their game and add some unique baskets to theirs. So a new spin-off of Sushi Go board game will trade its hands of cards for a spinning table chock full of dumplings, steamer baskets and very grabby hands in Sushi Go, spin some, dim sum. Two to six players are still attempting to earn points by eating certain combinations of sushi and dished goods. But instead of playing cards from a hand, each player will need to grab tokens from steamer baskets on a literal spinning table. This adaptation ostensibly makes Sushi Go more approachable for younger crowds, without compromising the satisfying feeling of pulling off a tricky collection. Players can either snag a food printed on a wild disc, or use their chopstick resource tons to spin the table and select from a whole new array of plates. The winner is still decided by highest point total after 12 rounds, but don't expect everything to function exactly like the original. The pace is deliberately quicker and a little bit more competitive compared to vanilla Sushi Go. Dim Sum comprises nearly all of the dishes, showing up in several varieties as players take turns nabbing steamed goodies off a quickly emptying platform. Sushi Go! Spin Sum, Dim Sum is designed by Quentin Weir and Ken Gruhl, with illustrations by Nan Rangseema. The original designer, Phil Walker-Harding, has been hard at work since 2022 on a new sustainable board game studio called Joey Games. The husband and wife venture included several launch projects made with wooden components wherever possible and skipping what characterize characterises excessive packaging and wrapping. A contemporary hit party game hopes to find new success amongst American audiences via aesthetic translation by Exploding Kittens. The team behind the recent Happy Salmon and Throw Throw Burrito redesigns. Anarchy Pancake? is a new incarnation of the fast-paced and frenetic double, also known as Spot It to those in the US. Exploding Kittens works with French studio Zygomatic Games to find a better way to present the simple game in a tin to audiences on the western side of the Atlantic Ocean, whilst also fulfilling a desire to generate refreshed awareness, according to a press release. Players in Anarchy Pancake start the game with seven pancake cards and attempt to match the topping printed on the card, ranging from party hat skulls and earthworms to visual puns such as a butterfly wielding a knife with any of their opponent's toppings. Once they manage this, that opponent forms a pancake stack with both cards, which is a massive setback when the goal of the game is to empty your hand. The first to do so and shout anarchy pancake, Uno style, earns a butter slab token and whoever earns two of these greasy prizes takes the whole game. Rounds last about five minutes and the game supports between two and six players, situating Anarchy Pancake firmly in the category of highly transportable party games. The youngest American voting bloc don't care much about Monopoly when compared to other generations, according to a recent survey. Whether it's alienation from the concept of owning multiple properties, or owning just one for that matter, or indeed an association with too many dreaded Post-holiday meal fun, the classic board game lost out to Candyland and Uno in a survey conducted by Cribbage website, cribbageonline.net, that focused on nostalgia. The 992 residents in the US that were surveyed, 75% of which claim they still regularly unbox classic board games such as Connect Four, Scrabble and Monopoly. They said they spend just under three and a half hours playing board games every week largely because it helps them tap into feelings of nostalgia. Funnily enough, it was the Gen Z block that admitted feeling most vulnerable to that poisoned emotion. 84% of respondents said they missed the games from their not-so-distant youth. The majority of polled adults still prefer to play board games the old-fashioned way, despite the prevalence of digital versions of childhood favourites readily available on mobile devices, computers and dedicated gaming consoles. Even the design of those boxes collecting dusts in closets remains favourable amongst most people because only 22% of those who took part said the aesthetics of Battleship, Cluedo and its fellows need modernising. Americans are apparently ready to shell out as much as $39 on a one-to-one replica of their treasured childhood board game, and 64% of respondents stated they would readily seize that chance. Those of the age to be grandparents said they use board games to recapture a distilled feeling of simplicity through analogue experiences, while a solid half of polled grandkids remember popping the sorry bubble or spinning the game of life's clackety wheel while visiting their elder relatives. Millennials claim the gold in taking board games seriously. 25% of this cohort boasted the hobbyist label. Even if collecting expensive cardboard isn't the most popular pastime, a good 39% of millennials claim to see the legitimacy in a board game hobby. Gen Z's 31% shows some intergenerational solidarity, while boomers' paltry 19% are too busy enjoying the last gasps of unemployment system to spare a thought for the hottest crowdfunding campaigns. Well, I'm sure if the same polls taken here in the UK, then we may get some more varied answers, especially if our local groups are anything to go by. They say good things usually come in threes, but when you get four games, released in 12 months, all based on the same subject, you know it's going to be a good one well from the looks of things fungus is going to be heading to our tables that's if there isn't any there already december last year saw a game entitled mycelium a Mushling game hit crowdfunding from the first time designer eric yadvish and yadco games his game sees you using a hand of mushling cars to construct a network of mycelium pathways linked to nutrient trees attack other players' paths, and manipulate where the nutrients will appear at the end of the round. Ideally, your gatherer mushlings will be in the right spot at the right time as the first player to gather 10 nutrients wins. The game raised over $240,000 in its Kickstarter campaign, which is an impressive amount for a first campaign, and when it's released in Q4 2023, you can place it on the shelf next to Mycelium Descubriendo el Rino Fungi, discovering the Fungi Kingdom in my best Spanish accent. A late 2022 release from designers Chilo Andano Valeria and Chilean publisher Within Play. Players participate in an all fundamental stages of a fungus's life cycle, from a small spore floating in the air to the creation of the first mycelium, which will grow and feed from the substrates. Once the environmental conditions are favourable, they'll manifest in the form of mushrooms to restart their cycle. Each player places their spore token on the board and starts spreading their mycelia, placing hex tiles throughout the forest to build a mycelial network to get nutrients either from substratum, tokens scattered all around, or by making symbiosis with the trees to gain bonus nutrients during play. The game can be played competitively or cooperatively with the goal in the latter set up being to reach a certain point total against one of three difficulty levels. A 2v2 team game mode is also available and in the competitive game the first player or team to reach the respective point goal wins. However, should you favour triangular tiles over some hexagonal ones, look instead to Mycelia, the debut game from a local, well, to us uk publisher splitstone games and designer artist jj neville this two to four player game is scheduled to appear on kickstarter before the end of 2023 and we've been privy to it at both local conventions and indeed at ukge mycelia is a dynamic game of tactics in a competition for space and resources to create your own mushroom kingdom the game follows the life cycle of fungi a journey of creation expansion death and rebirth. In game terms growing mushrooms to score points, sporing them to expand your mycelial network and eventually seeing them decay to unlock special actions. Mycelia incorporates some of the most beautiful and accurate botanical style illustrations I've ever laid eyes on with over 69 mushrooms that can be found in the wild. And should your tastes lean more towards the cartoony Ravensburger have got you covered and will release Mycelia yes yes the same name board game geeks can have a field day with this from first time designer Daniel Greener in late 2023 this game is for one to four players and has only a bit of information available at the time each player will start with the same set of cards in Mycelia improving their deck with better cards over the course of play as they race to clear their playing field of drew Drops first. In this deck building game, you need the support of mysterious forest dwellers to improve your deck. Develop new and better skills and bring the sacred dewdrops from your forest to the shrine of life in order to receive the forest goddess's support. The game includes double-sided player boards for increased variability and it features a mysterious die-rolling dewdrop dropping mechanism. And we're heading now on over to Board Game Geek. So these games on the list may already be out due to come out or crowdfunding at the moment. It tends to be a list based on what people are searching for over on Board Game Geek right now as of recording. In five. It was still there last week and it's still got its handbrake firmly on. It's heat pedal to the metal from Days of Wonder. In four. The Witcher. Old World maintains a spot in the top five this week, putting a spell or two on the unsuspecting. In three, Mystery of the Abbey, a It deduction game in a medieval French abbey where a monk has met an unfortunate demise. Players maneuver their way through the abbey, examining clues and questioning each other to find out who is the culprit. In two, so your dad's pyramid was a bit lackluster. So why not build your own for when you eventually pass on? Well, Pharaoh Mido has decreed that you are to build him a pyramid fitting of his own legacy and majesty in Pyramido from Synapses Games. In one! So you think you could do better in the role than the President of the United States? Well, designer Gene Billingsley and publisher GMT Games think that maybe someone could. I mean, you can't do much worse. Mr. President, the American Presidency... 2001 to 2020, sees you take on this solo outing sitting in the chair. Set to take between 6 and 10 hours to play, you better go find a comfy one. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding, and this week we are on Kickstarter. And the game is Nestlings, from Brandon Omi and Tangerine Games. And its solo variant has been developed by Shem Phillips designed for 1-4 players, taking 30-60 to 60 minutes to complete, and for ages 12 years and over. If Wingspan got you in the mood for conservation, then let nestlings put you up front, as you take on the role of various birds competing to gain priority across four vastly different biomes, the savannah, alpine, freshwater and desert. Each round, players roll their biome dice, then proceed to place the dice in biomes one at a time, alternating in clockwise order. Once players have placed all their dice or have chosen to pass for the round, each biome is resolved. The player who first placed dice in a particular biome gains priority and reaps the rewards of doing so. First selection of a desired resource and discarding a resource to thwart their opponent's plans. However, if another player places more of their biome dice in that same biome, that player gains priority. Once priority order has been established for the biome, players each claim resources to feed their nestlings and gain the matching segment to add to their resource ring on the player board. Once all biomes have been resolved, Including the wild grasslands biome in the centre of the board, players score points based on how many nestlings they were able to feed and how many segments are in their resource ring, regardless of which round they were assigned. As the game progresses, the tension rises as players must make key decisions along the way, decisions that could secure victory or usher defeat. Will they feed their nestlings for more immediate points? Or take a different resource to complete a section of their resource ring thus earning a bonus and triggering a powerful chain reaction will they use in-game currency to activate another end-of-game nest goal or save it for victory points or will they place a second die to secure priority or risk it and head to another biome to take over much needed scraps. At the conclusion of round four, the game ends and players reveal their end game nest goals and tally their final victory points to determine the winner. Well, we've got the base game up for £31 or $39. The deluxe game comes with upgraded components for £63 or $79. Or you can grab the deluxe version plus dice trays, For £78 or $99. So we're back to the old routine now then. Thanks again for Jason taking the reins last week. What we up to now? Sunbathing? I think not. There's not an SPF in the world that can stop you from melting. No shade. Plenty of shade. Right, say goodbye to these wonderful meeples. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe meeples, keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week.